I like to say hello and welcome you. Good day, that is my name. Come here and sit down. I'm so glad you even really truly came. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at talking. To I'm actually pretty bad at talking, considering what my job is. Yes. And how bad I am at holding a microphone in the same place for an entire podcast. Well, that's not your job, so you're forgiven for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, hello. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Cash Party, a freewheeling pop culture discussion show that comes out sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm Brennan. I'm Dave. I'm Jack. Hey, everybody. Yeah, Jack's our peanut gallery today. Yeah. Um, Jack, what do you think we should talk about on this episode that is coming out exactly on time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So. Well, we can start with the Emmys. We can. Raise your hand if you watch the Emmys. Resounding silence. Yep. Crickets, actually. I caught 20 minutes or so. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing happened. It was the Emmys. Yeah. And I was like, I remember why no one watches this. Yeah. Did, uh, what's his face from that one show win again? Yes. Mm. No, I don't know who you're talking about. Colin Jost? Jim Parsons? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. But I have I no idea. I think he won that same, like, best supporting actor in a comedy. I think he won it, like, whatever many years in a row. And it was like, there's so many better people on TV. He's not even good. Speaking of better people on TV, yeah. at work I was shelving a movie and I was like, this guy looks familiar. I wonder, I can't place him. Turns mm-hmm. out it's Eric McCormick. <gasps> um, he was in a movie presumably around the time of Will and Grace or just after. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember the name, but it was like, it looked like a weird ripoff of Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where it like the back is just him in a bunch of disguises. Eric oh, McCormick? Yeah. Well, that's fitting because no one would ever notice him. No, yeah, it should have just been his face multiple times, just <laughs> yeah, like wearing the different, same outfit. Yeah, just a shirt, but like his hat's different or something. <laughs> Ooh, okay. It's okay. called "Who Is Clark Rockefeller." It's a TV movie because mm-hmm. he's not allowed to to upgrade to regular movies. Yeah, called the longest running con in FBI history. Christian Garl Gerhardt's writer. I guess he's German. Wow, the man that people knew as Clark Rockefeller for good reason. Mm-hmm. had brilliantly impersonated numerous people ranging from a talk show host to a Pentagon advisor before ultimately claiming to be an heir to the famous Rockefeller family. Cool. Sounds real boring. Yep. Well, all you have to say is who started it, and then it sounds real boring. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> but the uh, oh, the, the tagline is con man, husband, kidnapper. <laughs> what? So I guess he kidnapped someone. All right. Getting sounds exciting. fun. Yeah. Sounds fun. And no one else you've ever heard of is in it. I think we should just change this podcast to an Eric McCormick podcast and just watch all of his work. We should. We'll start at the beginning. Let me yeah. see what that is. Mm-hmm. His very first, his pupative role. Yes. It was what a in, word. <laughs> yeah. He was in a TV movie of Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, what did he play? Balthazar. Oh, my God. I don't even... I've, like, been in that and produced it, and I... I don't remember who Balthazar is. Are you saying Balthazar is the Eric McCormick of Shakespeare characters? Kind of. It's so perfect that he was cast as Balthazar. We have no idea. We don't know who Balthazar is. Hold on, I will look it up. This is very important. Um, Yeah, while I'm doing that, how's it been going with you, Dave? It's been good. I'm back at work and busy all the times. Oh, okay. Me too. I've adopted a new life 
thing. Oh wait, hold what? on. Like like Clark Rockefeller? I have. No, I just I've decided that I'm actually much more productive if I get up early in the morning. Oh, genius. However, it could listen me... to Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Well, because um I'm teaching a new class that I've never taught before and then Spanish? two weeks into the school year not Spanish. <laughs> it's actually called Language Takes the Stage. It sounds really great. It's an English class but with a theater focus. Okay, so you learn about Balthazar and stuff. Yeah, we learn about Balthazar. Only Balthazar, actually. It's Balthazar-centric class. Isn't there something called Balthazar Balthazar? Probably. Is there a McCormick in that? <laughs> yeah. It's that, yeah. We wouldn't know. Um, so uh, I was like, I have a lot of work to do, and I don't have a lot of time to do it, and that's because I'm always tired at night anyway, so why would I pretend that I'm going to do anything at night? True. I'm just going to cook dinner and be tired. So... I've decided to go into work early, but that means I get up at like six every morning mm-hmm. and go into work as early as I can, um, which has made me extra awesome in the afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really right, Jack. I've been really energetic. Yes, that's a lie. <laughs> anyway, I don't recall. <laughs> I don't recall. Jack, you were going to say something earlier. What did you want to say? Do you remember? And I'm back in work and something, and I was going to say proper grammar. Proper grammar. Did I screw up? What did I say? Oh, I said it wrong. I'm sure you did. All right. Anyway, so Balthazar is a serpent and musician whose actions parallel those of the main leads. Yes. No. What? That's what it says. Balthazar's the one that sings the songs. I don't know. He flirts with Margaret during the mask and later helps the men convince Benedict that Beatrice is in love with him. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we're starting with that. He's also the character that gets cut out every time. Probably. Yeah. He's a long form. I mean, this is this is the first episode of our long form Eric McCormick roast yeah. show. Woo! We did it. We did it. Thank you, Balthazar. Um, so. So, the Emmys. No. Oh. I refuse. It? It's over. Okay. Nothing happened, right? Nothing happened of interest? No. Um, someone got proposed to by a, a man with very long hair. Oh, yeah. That's a weird move. I, I, all I did, I mean, I witnessed that via Twitter where everybody asked the same question, question, which was, what if he didn't win? Exactly. He just proposes like in the bathroom or something. Yeah. Um, the, the weird thing about that is I was reading the Twitter story about it and Mm -hmm. someone who like some news outlet was like, this man won the Emmy for something boring. Yeah. Um, but his, his girlfriend maybe got the even bigger prize and I'm like. That's so heteronormative. Mm, and yeah. also, this guy was kind of skeevy looking. I was like, mm-hmm. run while you can, lady. Yeah, is that really the prize? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm sure their relationship is beautiful and nice, and I shouldn't judge based on superficial things because I only saw a picture and didn't even watch because who watches yeah. the Emmys? Um, Way to be terrible, Brennan. I don't know. I don't support love. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you hate love? I just, <laughs> I've been burned so many times. <laughs> Uh, um anyway so have you been watching anything lately uh i mean there's very little to watch at this point other than like kind of revisiting some stuff because we're in that september wasteland yeah where you're like ah i mean three days three days the good place comes back three days and the good place comes back yeah and i've seen the they have the first few minutes available you can see that have you seen it no i even posted it no, I'm going to watch it when it's on. Ah, you're I don't want to watch it again. I'll be like, I'll, I'll start it two minutes in, and then yeah. I'll miss 30 seconds, and then I'll never see those 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's coming back. Um, 
No, I have I have watched um ooh, I watched the end of the tour last night. Oh, Jason Siegel yeah. and the other one, Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Um I don't recommend that if you're at all someone that gets sad when you watch movies. Oh no. It is not light. It okay. is not light. Like it starts out pretty light and it's like kind of contemplative and stuff and then eventually it's just like Oh. oh no i had to i literally i like had to leave the house and go for a walk just to be like okay i'm all right everything's fine i was wow. like it left me like depressed okay it wasn't fun good to know yeah and also there was this weird thing where jason siegel was getting like oscar buzz oh yeah i remember that no no he didn't deserve oscar buzz oh really yeah it's like a he has a couple moments but it's like a pretty vanilla interpretation just like just a vanilla it's like he's saying a lot of cool stuff and he delivers the lines effectively but there's nothing really there well i don't think anybody really knows um what to do in terms of oscar buzz and well i guess it's not a comedy movie but comedy people Mm -hmm. because the disaster artist got so much buzz and i'm like did you watch that movie (laughs) yeah i need to watch it but you're the reason i haven't because you don't like it I it it's light and it's enjoyable, mm-hmm. but yeah. it, it's just it it's so much worse than the book. Yeah, like the book oh, is so fascinating. Amazing. Yeah, but also, I mean, it, it completely and fundamentally destroys the whole point of that story too. Yeah, because he it makes him like a hero. Yeah, basically, which he's not. He's the villain. Yeah, he's definitely the villain. Anyway, um, uh, what have I been watching? Hmm? Hmm? He's just laughing. oh, he's giggling. He's watching internet videos. I'm sure YouTube's. Um, I, you know what I've been watching? I've been watching Cher's video for her cover of SOS. By oh ABBA. yeah, mm-hmm. how's that going? The ABBA never ends anymore. Yeah, um, it just keeps going. Have I um, have I given you the big news? What's your big news? Guess what musical we're doing this spring? <gasps> oh my god, really? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so, I'll be there with. We're doing Mamma Mia three. Mamma Mia, here I go again. Mamma Mia in space. <laughs> Mamma Mia, here we go again. My my, how could I resist you? I couldn't, and I'm yeah. going to be there. No, we're just doing regular old Mamma Mia. We got it officially approved, and I don't understand why, because uh, lo- another local high school applied for the rights and did not get it. Oh. And I don't understand. Well, you're just special. Yeah. I just, maybe they like us better. Maybe they listen to the podcast. Oh, hello there, musical theater, Music Theater International. Uh, they actually, they have an office like right by where I live, I think. I, maybe I, I, I buttered no. the pan for you a little bit. No, that's music, musical theater West. Are those different things? Yeah, that's a. You're talking about a theater. I'm talking about a publishing house. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Okay, you're right. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, Cher released a song called oh SOS. This is literally the easiest thing for Cher to do. She doesn't even have to think of the song. She's mm-hmm. just like, oh, an ABBA song? Okay. And then she shows up to the recording studio, and then people are like, we'll make it sound like a dance song. Yeah. And then she's like, sounds good. See you mm-hmm. later. Nap time. Yep. Um, she's not even in the video. <laughs> cool. Um, it's just a bunch of mildly famous people lip syncing to her and hugging but it's actually kind of powerful i really liked it of course you did um no it's 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 just um very loosely about women supporting each other and like the power of love or whatever and there's mm-hmm. a lot of beautiful sunsets um but jack is cracking up <laughs> yeah i wish not for us what are you watching why do i yell it so loud what are you watching 
You don't know? Good answer. Okay. You're uh, already a teenager. Out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, sh- so yeah, no, I mean, it's basically the easiest thing in the world for Cher to do. I'm happy that she's doing it because people are yeah. being reminded that Abba is great. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, I watched Muriel's Wedding. Have you seen that? Uh, I think I watched part of it years ago. Yeah, it, it's a Australian romantic comedy starring Tony Collette um, from '94. It was I really enjoyed it, and it, it's it's the most tense I've been during a Tony Collette movie this year. And I saw Hereditary. <laughs> Why were you so tense? Oh, because it, oh, it, it's like all isn't it one of those? Um, basically, she like claims to be engaged, and there's no boy. Or um, not it. No, well, the thing that. is. It, it's a uh, Tony Collette plays this woman who's kind of frumpy, and Tony yes. Collette gained like fifteen, twenty pounds for the role or something. Right. So she actually looks like a normal person and not like a movie star. Yeah. Uh, although Tony Collette, you know, she's not. She's pretty, but she, I mean, she's very slender. Yeah. Um, she like just looks more n- real. Mm-hmm. Um, but she plays this woman. But she's playing someone like morbidly obese. No, 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 no. So. No, she, well, she's that's like how they make her seem, right? Like, no, it's oh, not. She's so okay, it, yeah. it's Australian, so it's a yeah. little less beholden to that Hollywood. Okay, good stereotype yeah um she is she's just dowdy she's not like oh gross fatty fall down disgusting she's just not remarkable Mm -hmm. right and so and she's kind of a layabout she's lazy all she wants to do is lay in her room and listen to abba songs because abba makes her happy and i can understand that Um, what year did that movie come out 94 uh what I can almost I I wonder if there's a through line from that movie. Does she listen to a lot of ABBA in it? She does. It, and there's ABBA playing throughout. Yeah, it's absolutely responsible for the resurgence of ABBA. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I mean that movie was actually kind of cited as a reason that Mamma Mia the musical became a thing because they were like, oh, ABBA's back. Yep. Um, no, That's but amazing. It's it's truly great. Um, anyway, Jack is just, it's like he's being tickled <laughs> yeah. fierce, vigorously. The problem is, is if he showed us the video that's making him giggle so Oh, hard, it would be terrible. We would be like, what, what? The internet's very confusing. Yeah. It's great for an eight-year-old. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very avant-garde. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, um, Tony Collette plays Muriel, um, who's this kind of dowdy lady and yeah. all she wants, because like her dad doesn't respect her because she's just layabout. She doesn't mm-hmm. have a job. Yeah. Um, and all her friends ditch her because she's just kind of like annoying and they don't like her and they're oh, much okay. like prettier and more popular than her or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're grown up. They're like early 20s. Yeah. Um, but they act like high school kids. Yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, so basically she thinks that by getting married, she'll automatically become a better person because that means somebody loves her and that means she's right. worth something. And it, it's kind of, it's it's a comedy like Bridesmaids is a comedy where it's kind of extremely tragic. Mm. Um, but huh? yeah. Bridesmaids is tragic? Bridesmaids is really tragic. It's Christian Wig spiraling out of control for oh two hours. Lord. What? Uh, okay. What? Do you disagree? I mean, yeah, but it's a comedy. All comedy. I mean, all comedy. is tragedy plus time. Yeah, except not. That's not really the equation. I don't like that one. Comedy is tragedy. No, it's comedy is tragedy just looked at from the other side. Okay. You know? True. Yeah. Um. No, but I I just think like bridesmaids is like it, it it's just similar. It's around weddings and it's about yeah. your feelings about weddings, yeah, and feelings of inferiority, yeah. Um, I mean but, weddings in general are kind of about that, yeah. Crazy. There's a lot of crazy energy, which is why there's so many comedies about it. Yeah, but anyway, she she steals a bunch of money from her parents and she like 
changes her name and moves to Sydney and basically is trying to change her life really drastically. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of about what she'll sacrifice for the concept of love mm-hmm. and um, what she learns about that in the process. And it's mm-hmm. really good. And I just really enjoyed it. But there's a lot of secondhand embarrassment of like, oh, why are you doing this? Yeah. This is such a bad idea. Yeah. Um, now, that usually doesn't affect you as much as it affects me. So if you were tense watching it, I probably wouldn't enjoy it at all. I can't do the secondhand embarrassment comedy is really well, hard for me. I don't know. It, it, it's not. I have to be in the right mood. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. In but general. Like that, but that stuff I end up. Yeah. I get so tense for them. And like part of it is like when they start making the decision, mm-hmm. I'm like, I can see like this is why that n- none of your logic is sound. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. That was. <laughs> so maybe it's a writing thing. Like, I'm like, that's. That's terrible. That leap of judgment oh, okay. or leap of logic. Like, no, no, no. No one would actually do that. Okay, well, for for Muriel, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to talk about, like, how it ends up or anything. Okay. But it's it's satisfying, although it's not necessarily what you want for her, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, yes, uh, I would, that was really great. Um, and it's actually, it was written and directed by the guy who did My Best Friend's Wedding, which mm-hmm. I also really enjoy. I think that's a much more typical romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Julia Roberts and I know it. Yeah. Dermot Moroni. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because the thing that I love about My Best Friend's Wedding is that Julia Roberts, like her mm-hmm. character, you know, her best friend's getting married and that's when she realizes she's in love. Yeah. And she like tries to sabotage their relationship. Yeah. And that movie is aware that she is the villain of that movie. I, um, yeah. I can't tell if it is or not. At, at least in the even, middle of it. I even like... I, I almost feel like, well, we talked about it because they, add, you know, Rupert Everett has the oh, scene yeah. where he comes back. Yes. And you're like, hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we, a have, third we, time? we talk about this a lot. Yeah. But, like, I think I think there was definitely some reshoots or something at some point where they were like, ooh, yeah, she is the villain. We may have to lean into it a little bit. I don't know. I, I think maybe they reshot it to make her come up in less harsh. Yeah. Possibly. Because well, people still want Julia Roberts to succeed in some way. Yeah, that's because she's thing Julia is, Roberts. I, I think they had to like, they had to do something because it. I don't. My thought was they had no idea that anybody would look at it as anything other than like it's Julia Roberts, so we wanted to get married or we wanted to end up with uh-huh. a guy, and like maybe during the screenings, people were like, um, I don't like her or something because there is a part of the movie where you're like, ugh. But I think it may be right. They may have written it that way intentionally. I just can't. Well, I don't know. I'm almost like, were they that aware in the 90s when they were making movies of how? Uh, well, I'm just saying now, having yeah. seen Muriel's Wedding, which was that guy's work immediately yeah. prior to this. Maybe it was. I yeah. think he knew. Yeah. Because it's, it's very much in a similar vein mm-hmm. of like women kind of fooling themselves about weddings because that's what society tells them is important. Oh, yeah. Um, I just... I love movies, you guys. Yeah. So let's talk about, I don't know, TV, I guess. Because you like TV. Yeah, I like TV. I like movies. What else did I... Um, Are there... Oh, sorry, what? Oh, you know what I've been watching and kind of gritting my teeth through parts of? Okay. I'm doing that thing where I got pretty far into a series and now I feel like... You just got to finish it? I want to know, but I don't care. Also, mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black. Oh. Mm-hmm. And originally I was like... The first season, I was like, oh, she's the lead character is the least interesting character. I want to see more of the other characters. Uh-huh. The problem is 
I think a lot of those actors got cast because they had an interesting look. Mm. And now that they're given more to do, it's like, yikes. Oh, no. Like, um, specifically, like, I don't know. There's just a few of them where I'm like, like, there's some of the best acting on TV or streaming, whatever Netflix is now. Uh-huh. Um, and some of the worst acting. Like, there's some really great acting going on. Um, and there's like some people that have like a lot of, it's like they got chops Mm -hmm. and then there's some people in there where I'm like, Oh, you, you just like, look like you could be in a prison and then, and now, uh." um, so I just am like struggling with the, it's like a whiplash. You're like, Oh, this really great acting. Oh, this is some, like, Uh. and it just, and it, it, especially where I am in the season, in the season I'm watching, it's like cutting, it's very small amounts from each group of people uh-huh. and there's so many of them where i'm like please don't show them again please oh, I don't no. i don't want to they're, they're like they're so bad they're like borderline laughing intakes oh, like the look where you can tell they're about to break but uh-huh. they're like supposed to be tough and they're like what what are you doing and like there's a slight smile just like a, and oh. i'm like this is so bad but it's like something a something a drama teacher would notice uh-huh. but i just i can't i can't do it Oh, I but there's some interesting stuff going on. It's the fifth season, so it's the season where like they're the 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 whole season takes place during a riot. I guess. Yes, I've heard that. I'm not. I'm. First of all, I've seen the trailer for the next season, so I know. <laughs> I know what's going to end up happening, but also you know what's going to end up happening anyway. Like a prison riot that's ever been successful. Like, oh, they got everything oh, they yeah, wanted. Yeah, like, of course. Now they get to stay in a hotel. Like, um, so just I don't know. And there's some huge leaps in the plot where you're like, um, hello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> One boy. of the characters yeah. has like an underground bunker. What? Yeah, it's it's not. It's like it's so far past where it started. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, I guess like any TV show does, yeah. you know, it's got the, it's the jump the shark mm-hmm. moment. Yep. Um, yeah, that's one that I never got into, and I mm-hmm. walked in and out of like my roommates watching it, and I've always I was just always kind of like that does just doesn't seem like it's for me. Yeah, the first um, season's pretty cool, um, in some ways, and like, but yeah, you. I mean, it's very clear that the producers and everybody involved realized that the least interesting story after a while was. Oh, Piper. wouldn't it be amazing if this blonde Upper West Side New York lady had to go to prison with oh, all yeah. these bad ladies? Wouldn't that be a funny juxtaposi- juxtaposition? And then you're like, oh, I don't, I don't care about her story. She's really boring. And I mean, they, I, I they think... just made her main through line a love story uh, with a female prisoner. Is it on again, off again? Yeah. Oh, gross. And it's um, so annoying. And it's the actress is um, Laura. Oh, Prepon? Prepon? oh, I like her. No. Okay. I haven't seen her that much. I mean, she's maybe kind of I'm a, thinking of someone else. She's the one from that 70s show. Yes. I'm definitely thinking of someone else. Never mind. Yeah. Um, she the, is a one note. I have no actor. opinion of her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's one note. She's, a, I mean, it's just like the backflips they've had to do to get them back in the rel- it's like uh but it, it's definitely jumped the shark it and it's a show that probably should have been two seasons maybe three mm-hmm. and just like limited run and not there's just 
uh, or just change out a bunch of the cast. Have her get out of jail and mm-hmm. move on. We don't need her. She's not important. St- please stop showing me her. <laughs> like, well, I, I feel like that's true with a lot of TV shows. Is that the yeah. lead, the person positioned as a lead character, quickly, quickly becomes the least interesting, mm-hmm. partially because they're stuck in stasis, it, like like in How I Met Your Mother. Yep. If the whole point is for them to reach a certain conclusion, and the show keeps yeah. going and going, they they're not allowed to move. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, I, I call it Alice in Wonderland syndrome, mm-hmm. where you get if you get the part of Alice, you're so excited because she's the title character, and then she gets to be super boring and she just reacts to all the crazy people around her like that's not a fun role to play no you you know because you were in alice in wonderland i was i was one of the crazy i played alice yeah um no (laughs) i did you play i played the white knight that's right and i fell down a lot off of my invisible horse you made it a musical yes i made my poem into a song because Mm -hmm. i i'm still not sure why lewis carroll's characters all recite poems yeah um it's a weird it's a weird play (laughs) it's a weird play and that was a weird production and i had that's the least involved i've ever been with a production i couldn't tell yeah (laughs) um well that was the that was right after jack was born heard of him yeah he was he wasn't even a he's like a a baby baby oh yeah i couldn't be there that's okay um no i I, the, the play was fun this is a this is a podcast reviewing plays from eight years ago yeah plays that Brennan was in. Mm-hmm. I was uh, great. Um, yeah. No, um, that, but that happens all the I mean, casting musicals. I don't know how many times I've had a girl cry because she didn't get the part that she thought was the good part. And yeah, then, the lead. And then find out that she got the better part. I'm like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I want you in the good part, not the boring part. I gave the boring girl that can kind of sing the... That's not true. But I give... I, you know, it's like certain people are good to kind of carry a show... Yeah, the, and, they're the glue. Yeah, and then some people you want there to be zany. Are there any other TV shows you can think of that have a character that you're just kind of sick of that's positioned as the lead? I'm trying to think of that. Um, I mean, the uh, Courtney Cox in Friends was... I wasn't sick of her, but she was... Originally, that show was like a Courtney Cox vehicle, and then they were like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind, this isn't working. Because I think the original title was... What, there was one original th- title that was like... Midnight Cafe. Midnight Cafe. But there was another one that was friend, w- Friends Like These. Something like that. We've so talked like, about this yeah. a lot, too. So it was like her group of friends. Like, oh, and if you watch the pilot, it it's very much like, look at Monica and all her crazy friends. But, oh, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. And right away, I think, you know, because you film a pilot and then you don't make anything else unless uh-huh. you get picked up. So between pilot and and that happens a lot between pilot and the show getting picked up, there's a tonal shift. There was definitely, I mean, the boys had some like a scene by themselves, but uh-huh. it was like it's mostly centered around like. But actually, they set up the the Ross and Rachel thing in that first episode, which is oh yeah, why that episode is so good. Um, speaking of shows that had pilots, mm-hmm. um, The Good Place. Yeah. We already talked about it, but it's coming back. Oh Are you God. caught up on the podcast? Like, AKA, I guess, listen to all of them until the new episode? I'm, I think I'm a couple behind. Okay. Well, there is a revelation about Kristen Bell's performance that I thought was interesting. Okay. You can and, spoil it. In that she's always chewing gum. Oh, yeah. I heard that. Yes. While filming The Good Place. Yes. Which I need to rewatch them all immediately now. Yeah. She's not chewing gum as the character. She has gum in her mouth and tucks it somewhere. Yeah. And that was when I heard that I was like, "What are you? Why? 
Yeah, because it's I mean, so especially that's something that I learned doing drama, like before the musical, when you have gum in your mouth, it's like, no, spit that out. You can't have, you yeah. can't have gum on stage. Yeah. Also, you can't have gum because it's high school. Yeah. Um, but well, also, it like tightens up your articulators. articulators. Tenses the articulators. Yeah. yeah. It's bad. Well, it's so funny because it's a, um, it's like a rule you learn in elementary school, no gum on stage. Uh-huh. Uh, so people think you're not allowed to chew gum as a character. So you'll oh. see people like mime it or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's no, weird. No, no, your character can make that. It's you can't be chewing gum as a person and then walk on stage and play somebody else. Yeah, yeah. You've got to make the choice to chew gum. Of course. And I actually had a kid years ago when I was student teaching. She was doing an acting exercise in class. She did it great. And then at the end, I was like, oh, where'd your gum go? And she was like, oh, it wasn't real gum. I was just pretend. And I was like, what? And I was oh. like, well, number one, why did you choose not to choose chew gum for real and you faked it? And then two, how did you do that so well? <laughs> and why? But why? You could And she's like, oh, I was told you're not supposed to chew gum on stage. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a that's like a. That's a thing. It's like a misinterpretation. It's like of... when you do the class play and the teacher gives you the list of things you're not allowed to do on stage. It's like no chewing gum, no putting your hands in your pockets. No, you know, it's like because they're dealing with 40 people on stage at a time. Yeah. And you have like two hours of rehearsal or whatever. That's just so funny, though. Huh. But yeah, yeah no, it's just that was so fascinating what bizarre, to me. What a bizarre little quirk to and have. It makes sense <laughs> for that character, at least. I guess. Kind of. Like, I don't think it's a character choice. I think it must be. I think it's a Kristen Bell choice. I think she just is like, I like to have gum in my mouth when I act. Do you think she's constantly doing that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Could, we'll have to ask her. I'll yeah, text her. Right I'll now. ask her on our next interview. Yeah. <laughs> our, our weekly interview with Kristen yeah. Bell. Um, I, I don't think she did it with during Frozen, I hope. That'd be weird. Just spit that out all over the microphone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so weird. And there is a the outtake. I've seen the outtake where... She like hands something to Michael and then her gum is stuck to it. I haven't seen that. You you need to you need to say it. Or see it. She like takes something out of her mouth and gives it to him. And then he, she's like, Oh, I'll take that back. And there's That's so gross. And then I think they are like, Why did you have he's like, Did you have gum in your mouth? And she's like, Yeah, I always have gum. Like she reveals it in that outtake. Oh, okay. And you're like, What? I'll have to watch that. Yeah. It's such a cr- but she doesn't chew it. She doesn't actively chew it. She uh-huh. tucks it away. It's just for her. Just her little secret. Yeah. Huh. It might be a comfort thing. I don't know. It's so weird. Actors are so weird. <laughs> the whole industry is so bizarre. It's just such a bizarre thing. Anyway. Anyway. Um, you know what I've been listening to? What? It's a new show called Attack of the Queer Wolf. Oh, yeah? And it's an LGBT horror podcast yeah? that I produce. Oh, you've been listening to that? For the Blumhouse Podcast you Network. Produce it. I got it. Um... And now that they're paying me, uh, Blum is the official way to pronounce that name. Okay. It's true. All right. You heard it here first. They must be from a different region than we are. Of America? Dave. No, just a different. This is America, Dave. This is America. We speak Blum. Yeah. We say things wrong here. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there's an alternate pronunciation from other countries i just all the countries that i think of bloom being from a u usually makes a u sound not a uh sound like plum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what would it be in german if you saw blum um well i think 
in German, it has an umlaut over mm-hmm. the U, so it is Blum. <laughs> but if it didn't, if it doesn't have the umlaut, is that so, then a... No, yeah, it's an U. Like, there's a movie called, well... Oh, boy. It's called Taxi zum Klo, mm-hmm. um, and it's Z-U-M as Zum. Okay. And translated, that means taxi to the toilet. I'm not sure what that is about. But it's all about a long night of drinking. <laughs> probably. Can I get a taxi to the toilet? I think it's about soccer. I don't know. <laughs> the Germans, they've the got their shit. Those kooky Germans. Because <laughs> um, I know that my name, I mean, when we said our name was Bloom, I, this is weird family history stuff, but it was like, oh no, it's a French name. That's why it's Bloom. Uh-huh. And so Blum is like the, a different, like the German Jewish pronunciation. I don't know. I don't know. But there, I, I mean, there I are did. a lot of blums, but it's a, anyway. Anyway, I think just America ruined it. Probably. But I, I just, I have to be devoted. Yeah. No, to, no, no. To the people who. Good old Jason Blum. Yeah. No, I, look, we do, we do make a joke a lot on Attack of the Queer Wolf mm-hmm. um, on the Blumhouse Podcast Network. Search it now. Mm-hmm. Um, available on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. Okay. Um, yeah. No, we do make a joke that he has no idea we exist. Um, that's, that's kind of a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for something like that, and especially you, where like he's the guy that kind of creates a lot of the stuff that you're into. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm so excited to be working for you. But oh yeah, he, I, I I don't mind that he has no idea we exist, mm-hmm. and I think that allows it to get away with stuff yeah. probably. Um, but it it is weird. There was a tweet he made recently um, about the. Blumhouse TV just put out this podcast called like the White House Tapes or something, and mm-hmm. it's supposedly, I think it's a parody show about like people doing impressions of political people. I'm not okay. sure. It sounds like something I'm not super interested in. <laughs> um, but he made a he tweeted about it promoting it. And he said, "This is our first podcast. <laughs> there are four podcasts on the Blumhouse Network. Oh. We're the fourth. Oh, like the first one has been around for two years. Oh, so I think he deleted that tweet. Um, oh." But, but wait, I, the new podcast, is it newer than you guys or older than you guys? No, we're the newest one. Okay. Or no, the Blumhouse, the t- the tapes for the mm-hmm. White House one, it either came out a week after or a week before. I think it's technically the fifth one. Okay. But yeah, it, it was embarrassing. Um, we are like, okay, that's fine. You don't know everything <laughs> that happens in your company. How could you? Yeah. He's mainly driving around in his giant van. He has a very big van. Van? Yeah. He just drives around and that's where he has like a lot of meetings. Cool. Um, anyway. Sounds quirky. Yeah, it really is. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm, I, you asked me that, like, what have you been watching lately? We've done a pretty severe, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine third time through, I think. Okay. And Jack is pretty into it again. So we've been watching a lot of that. So highly anticipating their showing up on NBC this year. That's But it's a pretty short run, I think. I'm sure it is. I TV shows are ex- stopping existing now. Yeah, I think they got extended. Like it was going to be a 10 or 13 and they got like three more or something. But okay. I don't know. Um, I know my sister's been binging that too. I've never seen it. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Uh, it's missed me. Is, is it on Netflix or is it Hulu? It's Hulu. Boo. I don't yeah. Um, it is. Here's an amazing thing. So my favorite TV shows of all time, or not of all time, but the most recent ones that I really love. Mm-hmm. The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, The Good Place, all have Mike Shore as yeah. part of the main. He's and everything he does is so good. It's like how how is this guy so good at everything? I don't. I want to be him. Yeah, he's 
he's a really interesting figure that I didn't mm-hmm. know about until listening to the Good Place the podcast. Um, well, you knew him, you just didn't know him. I said I didn't know about him. Yeah, but you you knew him as cousin Moe's on the office. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> uh. Such such a handsome character. Yeah, it's so great that that's because he was like one of the showrunners, and he's like, but I'm also going to play the character with the least status on the show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, still one of my favorite bits I've ever seen, and I've done it at least once, maybe twice, is when um, Jim and Pam go to Dwight's farm. Is it like the bed and breakfast? The bed and situation? breakfast okay. one. And as they drive up, Moe's just comes running out of the field and then runs alongside the car. <laughs> and it's just like staring at them smiling. <laughs> I've done that to people when like I think someone was pulling into the parking garage and I just <laughs> as a as a Moe's reference. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, good. It's such a silly thing. Uh yeah. Um but yeah, no I Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of those shows that I will pick up sooner than later. Mm-hmm. But Fall TV is coming. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to even watch the one thing that I already watch. I'm yeah. so nervous about a billion new ones coming. Mm-hmm. I don't think um, there's that much coming that I'm that interested. I mean, I really like Modern Family will come back and I'll be oh. like, meh. And Fresh Off the Boat and I'll be like, meh. Yeah. I like that show, but it's spinning its wheels. Oh, is it? I Yeah. I, I dropped off after the first season, which I love Constance mm-hmm. Wu and I love Randall Park and I enjoyed the show. But sit like current sitcoms with mm-hmm. twenty two episodes, it's just tough for me to keep track of. Yeah. Um, that's one that's the you know, the main character started out as the son. Oh, did son, it shift? And it's completely shifted to oh, the Oh, thank parents. goodness. The son was awful. Yeah, he was the worst uh, part about the yeah, show. Not as an actor, but oh, the no. character was odious. Yeah, and what's weird is that the guy who the show is based on like completely uh-huh. disassociated himself. Really? Yeah, he used to do a voiceover at the beginning, and he doesn't he anymore. Doesn't anymore? I heard an interview with him recently, and it was like he 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 wouldn't even elaborate on it. Oh, I think he just really didn't like the tone of the show. Oh, so weird. But I think it was like he wrote a book about what it was like growing up a little Asian kid that was obsessed with hip hop uh-huh. in you know like in. Orlando, Florida, and they made it kind of like, I mean, I don't know. It just wasn't what he wanted it to be, I think. Okay. He wanted it to be harder. Maybe. Like my life but, on the streets. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's like a chef or something. Chefs are hard. Yeah. Well, or they want to be. Yeah. I, I think that's part of my problem is every chef kind of wants to, wants to be imagined as tough. And yeah, they want to be, they're, 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 they're Chris Angels, all of them. Yeah. My um my cousin is a is a chef and he's he's like I don't know, he like writes poetry. He's like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he has had a couple times where he got like his dream job in the kitchen he thought he wanted to be working in and like hated it because they have that kind of old school like you make a mistake and they scream at you and the like, Gordon Ramsay mentality. Yeah, that kind of weird like and it's like who is that helping where a lot of the really, the really great restaurants, it's totally quiet in the kitchen. Yeah. It was like, here you go. Chef. Like there's no need. I've always been amazed by that. Um, going back to when I was in high school, the, the level of stress that people will create in a situation where there's no stress needed. Um, I, you know, you remember because my high school program is exactly what I brought to Canyon or, uh-huh. So, you know, you'd be running front of house. 
Yeah. It's not that hard. You tell everybody what to do and then they do it. And and you just make sure everything you just watch, make sure nobody's stealing, make sure nobody's like being mean to customers. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. And I had friends that when they would house manage, they'd get all stressed and like yell at people and be really like whatever. And I would do it and I'd be having fun and I like you know, I came out one night and I was wearing a sombrero and being kinda of goofy and one of the older kids was like, Hey, 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 you can't you have to be professional and I was like, What? Why? <laughs> For what? This is like a high school front of house. Yeah, like no, and it was like, but it was like, you're not being stressed out enough. And I was like, okay, like you're not taking this seriously. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that. You take it seriously means like you you've got to be more worried than you need to be. This has to be more important to you than it actually is. Um, and I noticed that uh, that it happened again later. We were we used to do these tech rehearsals for the one acts uh-huh. and it was a lot. We'd have 21 acts and we had 20 different tech rehearsals and they all got like a half hour each. And so it was a big process and I did it. I ran it my senior year of the last semester and the kid that did it before me, I split it with another guy, but we did it everything together. We were both there the whole time. And he was like, the guy that did it before us was like, wasn't it the worst? Wasn't it so stressful? And we were like, no. And he was like, what? What? And I was like, we like got into water gun fights with the cast and I had fun. We made it enjoyable. And we they were still quiet when we asked them to be. Like, you, you don't have to. I mean, I remember we would walk into those tech rehearsals and it would be like, okay, you need to be quiet. And there was all this yelling and like, ew, what? You know, like, why are you bringing that energy? So I just, I've never understood that when people bring like really intense energy to something that they love. I think maybe that's a, not to like get too buzzwordy, I guess, yeah. but maybe that's like a toxic masculinity thing. Oh, I think like, it is. Maybe it's like, this is how- Show my dominance. A, yeah, a serious man who's in charge needs to act. Yeah. Oh, it totally is. It totally is. It goes back to like antiquated ideas about, you know, it's like, well, in the army, that's what they do to you. So that's what a man is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate that. Sometimes. It's very military. Like that's a, but in the military, they do it for a purpose. They do it to grind you down. So yes. you listen. Yes. And it's, and it's so that you do not think and you don't question anything because you need to just follow orders blindly. But it is not something that you should be doing in other situations. I've never, I mean, I, in college, I worked with front of house people that were really, bitchy and awful to be around and it was like uh-huh. you know you're just selling tickets right you know that's all you're doing and there's nothing is at, at stake here like yeah. you're selling tickets there's a nobody is like trying to sneak anything by you everybody just walks up they have their money they buy it and they go in and like there's no tension and anybody can do this job like you don't have to take it so seriously and the same with stage man I mean I don't know how much experience you have with like stage managers I think it happens on film sets you know, just like yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know how much of that you've been around, but the like super negative. I'm in charge, and I gotta prove it to everyone. I'm in charge. It's like uh, you're not proving anything. Yeah, it, it's a whole thing. But I think I mean pe- people culture, invent stress and drama in a lot yeah. of situations that they don't need to be. Yeah, and I I think usually that has to do with insecurity. Like I don't trust myself, so I've got to prove to you that uh-huh. you know I can't prove to myself that I am qualified. So. Eh, well, people are people. people We're always going to be terrible to each other. Hooray. That's not true. It's changing a lot. Well, no. I, well, okay. I was, never mind. <laughs> I was just talking. <laughs> um, let's talk about 
Fall TV. Still. Fall TV. Okay. Um. The here's the shows I'm. This is my like New Year's resolutions, like wish list okay. of shows I'm trying to watch. I literally have a list on my phone because it's so hard for me to keep track mm-hmm. of this kind of thing. Um. So we've got It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is back. Okay. Um. Did you ever watch that show? I have. Okay. I've watched a bunch of it. I don't. I'll go on like a quick binge of it and then not watch it for a uh-huh. couple years. Well, because it's it's short seasons of short episodes. Yes. So it's easy to slam through. And nothing is ever happening. No. Like, there's no progress on that show ever. No. Um, one thing uh, I really enjoyed, there was an episode they just did about an escape room that I thought was pretty fun. Oh, okay. Um, and one thing I'm a little nervous about is it seems like, at least for the first two episodes, that one character has kind of been isolated from the rest of the group. And I think yeah. they're Arrested Development season fouring them. I, where it's yeah. Like, it's uh, Glenn Howerton. Yeah. Right? Well, because he has another show. Well, I think everyone kind of does. Yeah. Um, no, sort of. What he does? He does. But um, what's her face? Um, Caitlin Olson. Caitlin. She Olsen. has the Mick that got canceled. Well, but maybe when they were filming this, it hadn't been. Yeah, maybe. Um, Charlie's always doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like because because Glenn Howerton was barely in the first episode Mm -hmm. and then in the second episode there's a part really early on Mm -hmm. where caitlin olsen is separated from everybody Mm -hmm. and she interacts with this other character for a long time and then Mm -hmm. she comes back at the end with the rest of the group okay and i'm worried it's going to be doing that for the rest of the season yeah um but i've been enjoying it i think Mm -hmm. that shows pretty consistent in just turning out top-notch material and it's still like it gets experimental in a lot of fun weird ways Mm -hmm. and some of them go poorly yes Um, it's a show that i will watch like five episodes and just they'll just kind of go by me and i'm like uh "Eh." and then they'll do something and i cannot stop laughing yes the episode where the name of the episode is totally different than the plot line that i care about okay but the the action of the episode is Charlie and D decide to live in each other's shoes for a day. Oh yeah. That is some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen. Them like scarfing down cat food. Yeah. To try to go to, to fall asleep, huffing glue and scarfing cat food. So you pass out. Oh God. And then her open night night with the dry heaves. Oh my God. God. Yeah. No, I mean the show is very terrific and like, it it takes risks, mm-hmm. which, like I was saying, don't always succeed. But that's the point of taking a risk, mm-hmm. and I'm always happy with that. And it comes out with some really great stuff. Yes. Um, but what else am I watching? I'm watching American Horror Story, which you know is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not finished a season of that show since in three seasons. Really? Yeah. Just because you haven't been into it, or well, um, Hotel, which was season five. Mm-hmm. Literally, they went on a winter hiatus. There were two episodes left. Just never got back to it. Oh. I was like, eh, yeah. I don't care that much. It never really, it never really felt like it was going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was just very a lot of random threads, mm-hmm. and they just. I was like, I don't see how this could come together in a satisfying way. And then um, season six, which was Roanoke, I watched that all the way up until the last episode, which I just never saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I had just didn't care. It was like ten episodes too. It mm-hmm. just it missed me. Um, it had a semi-interesting conceit, but it wasn't Roanoke the way it should have been. I don't know what Roanoke means. Really? Yeah. Um, Roanoke is the uh, colony off of, it's an island off of North Carolina. Okay. Um, back when America was being founded, well, or, you know, 
mm-hmm. uh, invaded by the white people. Um, they built an early colony on the island of Roanoke. Right. And when, I think Francis Drake was involved in it or something, um, but when mo- the supply ships returned to the island, everyone in the colony had vanished. Yes. Okay. I remember that now. Yeah. I just did. Okay. So it's like, a, it's a really famous American yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. folktale, okay. true story, creepy thing. Mm-hmm. Like in Amelia Earhart or Bermuda Triangle or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... That I find to be incredibly interesting. And for years I was saying they needed to do a Roanoke season mm-hmm. because that's a true American horror story. That's something yeah. that is ours mm-hmm. um, to play with and use. And they... They didn't do it the way no, I liked it. Yeah. It was bas- It was like a just a weird like haunted house story on the coast, like looking at Roanoke. And it was like, are oh. these the ghosts of Roanoke? It's really lame. Nah. Um, and then it turned into a weird torture thing for a while wasn't into it yeah um and then uh, season seven which was cult which was basically straight up about the election and about just you know democrats and republicans fighting with each other i was oh, like fun this is a mess nice escapism yeah no it <laughs> look i i love a lot of things that ryan murphy does with his shows mm-hmm. but he's he's not good at not being on the nose <laughs> Mm. like subtlety is not his strong suit yeah. and generally i like that but when he's talking about current events it's mm-hmm. very it's just you're bludgeoned with it yeah and i i just couldn't i couldn't i barely mm. could get through the first episode of that one yeah i was mm. just like i get it i got it but this one i think is is a little less like that what is it this what's it's this it's apocalypse mm. um it's supposed to be a crossover between two of the previous seasons which was also a desperate move, but mm-hmm. they're the better seasons. So I was like, all right. Um, now, same cast every year-ish? Ish, yeah. Like same actors, but they always play a different part. Yes, but I, it's not always exactly the same people. There there are a lot of consistent characters, but there's always new people. and Consistent characters or consistent Sorry, consistent actors. actors. Okay. So, Because um, I know... Like there's Sarah Paulson. Yeah, she's all. always in it. And the kid that played Quicksilver in X-Men. Yes, Evan Peters. Yeah, Evan Peters. Taisa Formiga is there a lot. Evan Peters, also knows as, known as Sound-Alike for Johnny Depp. Really? Oh, yeah. Listen to his... Okay. Listen to his speech pattern. It is... It's like oh, okay. quirky Johnny Depp. Not... Like you, early Johnny Depp. Yeah, when he's not affecting it too much. Okay, I'll have yeah. to listen to that. yeah. It took me. I was like, "Why does? What is it? What is he doing that I am recognizing?" And it's, oh, it's okay. It's the kind of fast talking, especially as Quicksilver, because that's the only thing I think. But he was on an episode of The Office too. Evan Peters. Oh yeah. Which episode? Uh, he plays Michael's like nephew. Oh. And Michael hires him, and he is terrible, and Michael won't fire him because he is trying to get in good with his sister. Whatever, uh-huh. You know. And then he ends up like spanking him in front of everybody. Oh my god! I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did not know that was him. Yeah, it's him. And it's um, it's one of those things I remember watching the first time and being like, "This is it's again that kind of uncomfortable." Uh huh. You're like, Michael, why would none of this make sense? Why would he hire this guy and then not realize he's terrible? But then when you watch the performance of like when you know who it is, it's one of those things. Like the performance is way better when you see when you oh, see okay. him because he's really obnoxious so you kind of believe that he's really obnoxious in real life you know uh-huh and then you see him do something else and you're like oh my god that's really funny same as uh the kid from glee that was the is the kid in the wheelchair 
Oh. And he plays the pizza delivery boy in one episode of The Office. Oh, okay. And then you're like, whoa, that kid's got some range. Because he's a real jerk in that episode. <laughs> and then he's so like sweet and nerdy on Glee. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it really does help to see people do in different contexts. Totally different contexts. That actually that happened to me recently. Mm -hmm. Um, Sergio and I watched this Netflix telenovela Mm -hmm. called La Casa de las Flores, which means House of Flowers. Yes, it does. Yes, Um, and it was the easiest Spanish word. Five years of Spanish. I'm so proud. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it was a really fun show Mm -hmm. that I've been recommending to everyone. Okay, Um, it's. I mean. It's got a lot of queer characters who are treated very well. Oh, good. Um, it's like it's just a very modern ne- telenovela that okay. it's very indulgent, and there's a lot of like luxury, mm-hmm. um, and it indulges in a lot of the tropes of soap operas. Mm-hmm. But it's also aware that it's kind of silly and it kind of pokes fun at itself, but not in a way that deflates what it is. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's super fun. But there's this character. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Paulina, and she's this sister who kind of thinks she's superior to all of her family mm-hmm. members and she like deserves to take over the flower shop yeah and she's like the only one who's capable and she kind of stirs up drama mm-hmm. just to make her life seem more interesting um but the way that she talks is so integral to that character mm-hmm. um and it's so interesting mm-hmm. it's it's very slow and methodical mm-hmm. she's like i'm mama no tenemos que ir a la fiesta and right. it's just it's very yeah. particular and it's so interesting yeah and then i saw a trailer for another thing that she's gonna be in mm-hmm. and she's just yammering away like that's yeah. not how she talks it's right. an affect that she put on right and seeing the comparison between what she can do made mm-hmm. me respect what she was doing so much more you know the all-time example of that what angela kinsey on the office oh who plays angela uh-huh because she is so fully that character in every moment you know even when the character gets kind of over the top at uh-huh. times actually there are times where it's very out of character i think toward that, that was my issue with the office is at some point all of the characters went so far away from oh yeah what they were that you're like really what's happening I'm getting all these Ugh. um so uh but she's so sour and yeah she's so sour and like Dead angry or dead yeah and in real life she's like this bubbly little southern girl she's that, a ray of sunshine yeah she's so funny and she's best friends with jenna fisher in real life oh really yeah that's they're like so nice. really close and they you know she's so mean to pam on the show oh yeah there's so many things like that that's so much it is more fun to watch when you know like the character becomes so much funnier when you know that these are choices that she's making, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That you can see the like, work behind You see it. that it's a performance. Yeah, you see the craft. Like, oh, uh-huh. that's so brilliant, the way that she is doing this, rather than just like, oh, she's, you know, like, the opposite is like January Jones. <laughs> so January Jones, when she was on Mad Men, you're like, wow, she's really like, she's so beautiful, and then she's so cold, and like, and then if you watched her do anything else, it's like, Oh, that's the only level she has. Uh-huh. Like that may not even be a choice. She may just act like that. Like she, she and, isn't capable of anything but kind of like. Any, 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 any. And that right. does kind of ruin it because yeah. you think it's something special, but then they keep yeah. doing it, yeah. and you're like, oh, maybe this is just an accident. Yeah, or like you, you think like, well, you know, because like, you know, there's those people out there that like they play one character and they do it really well, and then you're like, can't see, wait to see what they do next, and then they're never. 
they can't really that's the one thing they can really do uh-huh. um so it's always exciting when it's like oh wow this person has kind of and like like with that evan peters thing uh-huh like you don't realize how funny all the choices he's making are to you know he's he's going what are the douchiest things i can do uh-huh and then you can see and then when you see him like in other things where he's like much more serious it's like oh okay he's he's playing here and this is like you can see the craft behind it a little more um where like like john krasinski i love him uh-huh. but he's always a little bit jim Halpert. he's a little bit uh aloof yeah like he just always his personality is so entwined with that character that it but i mean the character's lovable yeah. But when you see him do something else, you're not like, wow, look at all this he can do. He's fine in action movies. He did Jack Ryan. I watched that. How was that? It's good. It's really good. It's really well done. But um, the only the only thing that I thought was weird was their choice for his love interest. Is her name Abby Cornish? I've heard of her. Yeah. It's like she, I mean, part of it is it's, kind of a thankless role it's just like oh i'm sure oh he falls instantly in love with her being the love interest on an action show yeah and like he has to put his career on the line to be with her or whatever boo you know i don't know if that's even part of the plot but like um it's like she it's i don't know how to say it without sounding terrible but it's like they chose her because she's not really a great actress and she's not stunning in any way she doesn't really look right for the part. Like it just is a, it's like, mm. and it's a part that's been played by a lot of women. So it's kind of weird. I think she played that exact role in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri too. She played Woody Harrelson's wife. Like she's the long suffering wife already at her age. I'm getting really weird text messages on my phone or on my watch. I don't know what's happening anyway. Um, I'm sorry. Do you, do you did no? I just was like, "What is this?" I feel like I'm in somebody else's conversation. Yeah, she was in what? Um, she was in three billboards outside of Ebbing, oh, Ebbing, Missouri. Maybe that's why she's as, in it as the much younger wife of Woody Harrelson. He's okay. like Woody. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Um, you know who I would have cast from Three Billboards? Uh, Samara Weaving. She's an Australian actress. So is Abby Cornish. I'm sorry. I think Abby Cornish might be Australian too. Oh, probably everyone's Australian. Yeah, but wh- these days, why would they? What is going on? Cast two Australian women in the in a movie about Ebbing's Missouri. What is going on? I anyway. straight up don't know. Yeah, um, but Samara Weaving is great. Um, is she Hugo Weaving's daughter? Oh, she might be. I mean, that would only make sense. Does she? He's her uncle. He's like, her uncle. This no. Mr. Anderson. That would no. be cool. No? No, but she's great. I was there. Oh, oh my god. So <laughs> she was on um she was on Smilf, which I uh-huh. talked up a lot on the show, which I thought oh, was really yeah. fun. Um but she plays the uh like the new girlfriend of the main character's ex. Okay. Um like her, her baby daddy. Okay. Um and she's like She's super hot, mm-hmm. and she's the exact kind of person that, like, a single mother who's 
just separated from the dad would be like real mad that she's dating. Yeah. But Samara Weaving is so charming. You can't help but like her. And oh, it's okay. even more frustrating. Yeah. Because she's like hot, but also you love her and you're mm-hmm. like, I want to hate you because I yeah. need to. Um, she's great on that show. I would have okay. cast her in Jack Ryan. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, that was the, there's like, it's like, yes, it's a thankless part, but she brings nothing to it. Like nothing. She's just there. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can't. Yeah, but um, I, I, it, yeah. Well, okay. So more just such a strange. Yeah, go ahead. More fall shows. Okay. Um. <laughs> so what else we got? I'm, I mean, I'm obviously going to be catching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in its fourth and final season yes. in October. I still haven't progressed very far into. I think it's season two where I got stuck. Okay, I feel like everyone in my life is like slowly inching their way through that show. And I'm like, hurry up so we can talk it's about it. Long, it's the episodes are long. Yeah, they are. They're it's hour, it's long, an hour episodes. long episodes. I it's like, tough. I totally get it. And it's not a super bingeable show for that reason. Yeah. Um, but I just love it so much. And then, well, I'm right in the part of the show where sh- she is together with the guy. Oh yeah, I mean that's a weird plot twist that happens. I think. I can't remember now, but she like got together with one guy and then got together with the other guy. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm bored now. <laughs> no, I, I get that. And that happens to a lot of TV shows. Yeah. But you fall- told me stay with it. And I'm, yeah. tra- I'm going to, Cause it, it doesn't fall into the trap that those TV shows do. Mm-hmm. It, it's about something more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was actually looking at my list and I was like, honestly, that's the only TV I'm yeah. excited for. And the good place, the good place. Um, but cause then you got, I mean, there's a Purge TV miniseries mm-hmm. on USA, which I'm just curious about. Not mm-hmm. necessarily need to watch. Um, yeah, I don't know. T- TV, I try to limit myself. And SNL is coming back yeah. with, with the weirdest host to kick off the season. It's like, it's almost super boring. Um, I don't remember who the host is, but the mm-hmm. musical guest is Kanye West. Boo. No. Um, and the... Shoot, who's the host? It's it's like the most boring person who made something in summer. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm looking it up really quick. Kanye West is so it's so clearly like nothing's okay. Like nothing's okay, Kanye. Yeah. Something's really wrong. But he's so rich and so famous that he can just be like, no, this is all on purpose. And it's like, no, it's not, dude. Uh huh. Like you need help. You had a you broke. You broke, and 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 then his wife is like, will tweet out, say, everybody's saying something's wrong with him. Nothing's wrong with him. He's fine. It's like, thanks, oh Kim. Yeah, your perspective on who's fine is, <laughs> God. It's yeah. like, stop trying to ruin my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's Adam Driver and Kanye West, and I'm just like Adam Driver. Oh, I don't care. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Adam Driver. What if he's great? He could be great. No, he could be, and he has been great. But it it just seems like a weird. Yeah, choice to like to bring him back the season, and he's not like, is he promoting anything? I don't, I don't think know. he's doing anything. Is he famous? Does he count as famous? Barely. I mean, well, he's in the Star Wars, so yes. Yeah, but how many people actually know his name? I don't know. They're like, it's that guy. Like that he's guy Kylo with, Ren, the guy with the droopy face. Yeah, he's Kylo Ren. Yes. Um, oh, I see on ComingSoon.net they say Keenan Thompson could leave SNL for a new primetime sitcom. If only. Um, hmm. I don't wish him harm, but 
yes, and I'll get you some new blood, but I also don't need a sitcom starring him. Oh, no, nobody does. But who watch? Like, there are so many network shows that just exist now, and you're like, mm-hmm. it just, they quietly exist over in the corner, and you never have to look at them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I feel like, didn't The Good Doctor get renewed for a second season? Who watched that? I don't know. What is, oh, that's the one with um, the kid from Finding Neverland? Yeah, Freddie Highmore. Yeah. He's just a doctor, and he's good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, oh, you, does Tim Allen still have a show? He might. Oh, boy. Um, still have a show that's, like, the exact same thing as the other one. Like, I'm a man, and men, men, men. Oh, yeah. No, it's Last Man Standing, yeah. where he's, like, a dude, and all, he has only daughters. Just fighting back against all this damn feminism. I know. Boo. I keep saying that today. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just, it's in me. Because <laughs> um, it's close to Halloween. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, um, the Tim Allen show, I think it's, it was kind of a Brooklyn Nine-Nine situation because it got canceled, but I think it's back now. Yes. It got picked up by, I think it got canceled by ABC and got picked up by Fox, which is very on brand, if that's true. Yeah. I don't, I don't, why don't we just cancel TV shows now? I mean, like certain ones, like, of course you don't want Brooklyn Nine-Nine to end. At least I haven't seen it, but people really like it. Yeah. Um, but like, it seems like. Why cancel the TV show in the first place if it's just going to spring right back up? It just seems really strange. Yeah. Well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was always a strange fit because it's it's definitely an NBC sitcom. Okay. It's definitely an NBC style show. It's not a Fox show. Uh Uh-huh. And it was on Fox because NBC passed on it. And then they said, like, when they they picked it up, they were like, well, we didn't know Andy Samberg was going to be a part of it. We would have picked it up in the first place. Like we always felt bad, and it was produced by NBC Universal. Yeah, which is bizarre. So there's, I think there was a lot of tension there anyway. So they're like, finally, let's get this yeah. back. But it it definitely, I mean, it fits into it's slot a shot slightly different. But it, if it had been on NBC, it would be very clear that like, oh, it goes The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh huh. It's like if you mixed Parks and Rec with, um. With like an action cop show, I'm into that. It's like a, it's a quirky workplace comedy. Maybe I'll watch cops. that instead of whatever the hell else I'm watching. Yeah, but it it really works as opposed to a lot of things that have tried to do that. Like, hey, we're taking this genre and flipping it on its uh-huh. ear. Do you remember Cop Rock? No. Oh. What is that? They tried to make a like serious cop drama slash musical. Okay, I'm I'm in. In the nineties, I believe. You're gonna have to look it up. Okay. It's amazing. I am gonna I look complete, it up. How I think long it was did like, it last? Is it uh, a- two episodes at most. Okay. It was a complete failure. Like the ads, everybody was like, Well, maybe it's better than the ads, and then it wasn't. Cop rock. Cop rock. And it's that's sound- the name too. Cop like they couldn't come up with a better name than that. No, cause that's nothing. That's not a pun. <laughs> um that reminds me of Viva Laughlin. Have yeah, you, I remember I that just, when Viva Laughlin came out, I was like, "Cop Rock again." <laughs> oh man, I'm so ready. Okay, I'm ready to check that out. Um, just that those titles are so bad. I don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't know what I meant by those titles. Just mm-hmm. bad titles are bad. Bad titles are bad. Hot take. <laughs> um, but there's a there, there's, catch this fire take coming. <laughs> I just feel like there was a movie I just watched recently. Yeah, I had a really I'm, bad title. I'm going to put the mic down and grab my phone because I feel like there's something I watched recently. Okay. You do that. I guess I'm stuck with this. I'm just going to keep talking. But yeah. Um, 
Okay, well, okay, well, no, yeah, Dave, you you just asked off stage um, what the title I was talking about was. Um, well, one of the movies I watched recently was Children of the Corn Five: Fields of Terror, and I'm mm. like, that's not a pun. That means nothing. Like, why is this your title? Um, I don't know. I just I just hate when it the the title of a movie sounds like a pun, but it just isn't anything. It just frustrates me. Anyway, what's what's up with you? Um. Oh, uh, okay. Hold on. I got distracted by text messages. I was trying to, okay. Cause they were coming in without names on them on my watch. All right. Uh, where is my Netflix? Do I not have it on my phone? Damn it. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, I do, but it was like not the right thing. Well, okay. while, while it's loading, I'll, yeah. I'll uh, ask you a question really quick. Mm-hmm. I just rewatched a movie. I'm wondering if you've seen it or if you like it. It's called Josie and the Pussycats. I have never seen it. And Please don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I ahead. love Josie and the Pussycats. Of course you do. No, yeah, of course I do, because I like camp. But um, yeah, no, but Josie and the Pussycats is actually a much. Okay, you got go it. ahead. Okay. Keep going. No, it, it's actually a much smarter movie than it looks or sounds because mm-hmm. it's a parody of consumer culture, and Parker Posey is in it as this mm-hmm. evil record executive, and it's a terrific performance in the craziest outfits you'll ever see. It's fun. It's it's a lark. I really liked it. So, what's okay. your thing? American Vandal. On Netflix. Yeah, I watched the first episode. I liked it. I've, you know, I don't watch TV yeah. shows. But um, it is advertised as like a straight up comedy and it is not. It's like, are you saying it gets dramatic it effectively? Gets, yes. Okay. It is the most to me, especially the most recent season. It is the most effective recreation of what it's like to be a teenager in oh. high school now. Okay. And it's shot as like a mockumentary. Yeah. Like it's a, it's the, a fake true crime. Yeah. It's a fake true crime, but shot by the idea is that it's being shot by like the, like oh, the media like tech the class. media department. Yeah. So it's just some kids doing this like investigative journal. Why do you have that pillow there? You haven't noticed the whole time? I did, but I just, just kind of playing with it. Okay. Because the sun went down. Well, it's just it's yeah. my friend. All right. Um, so uh, yeah. So it's shot like. You know, it's like two high school kids or three or four high school kids, I guess, or the crew, and they're doing this investigation. and And there are funny elements in every episode, but it gets very dramatic. Oh, and the first season, the first season's fine, and like there's funny stuff kind of throughout, and but there are some twists and turns that you kind of don't see coming. Um, but the second season is like so on on point with like okay exactly what it it's all about these things that happen because of instagram and how a kid's life is completely changed by social media and wow it's unbelievable it's really good but it's also you know this the story that's at the center is somebody taints the school lemonade and everybody gets diarrhea yeah yeah no it's silly yeah it's like a silly premise and then they take it really seriously but then so it's at first it's funny because it's like they're taking this who is responsible for the poo Uh who made the poo right or whatever um and then eventually it just becomes like whoa this is really and to me yeah like as somebody that watches this kind of thing happen where like you know I've heard kids mocking somebody else's Instagram post. Like, oh my God, let's read this or whatever. Uh And then it gets back to the person or whatever. And it's like, whoa, it's, there's this sense. And I've noticed it more and more with kids as they have less of a sense of 
decency and like they're way more likely to laugh in someone's face laugh in my face while I'm talking and not get why I'm upset you know like just start laughing at something else like in the middle of me lecturing oh but it's just because the world is like it's there for them like you know so it's it's the they just don't they haven't been taught like manners in some situations I had it happen today where I was like you guys we're doing something I need you to take it seriously and as I said that a kid burst out laughing because his friend like did something silly and I was like I would have not laughed. I would have been like the teacher saying, "Be serious. Get up. Stop screwing around. Yeah, You're gonna get us trouble." And they don't have that. It's just like, <laughs> like just cackling. Uh, like, but it it's just there's so much about you know kids these days. But it's like, oh my god, it's it's like actually accurate. Yeah, and boy, I wouldn't want to be a kid these days. No, it, it, it it's sucks. pretty as, as as a child. Yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we can ask Jack. I guess. Yeah. Um, he just gave us a thumbs up. Okay, good. He says it's great. Yeah. Well, the next generation is going to come in and save us from yeah. the current generation. I mean, they're fun. there's a lot of no, them that yeah. are great, but yeah. <sighs> anyway, I think yeah. I think that's about all. Yeah. All the thoughts I have in me. Yeah, wait, hold on. Okay. Let me see if there's something else. But yeah, American Vandal, I highly recommend. Cool. I will check it out. Is it the same characters or is it like uh, a totally the new? The first season takes place at their high school and then the second season it's like they've been asked to go to another high school so okay but it's, same it's the crew. same crew okay yeah um but you know that's two guys that are the, the um, consistent yeah we watched part of magic for humans and that's cool oh what is that is that it's it's the really cute magician i don't know how to describe him other than he's like he's like the adorable street musician rather than like david blaine or uh-huh. who's the other one Chris, Chris Angel, Angel. Yeah. like where they're like, I'm kind of weird. This guy's like, hey guys, want to see a magic? Like he's just like, oh okay, he, and he's really funny. But um, he did the craziest magic trick I've ever seen. I'm just going to tell you what it was because I don't okay. understand how he could have done it, other than like they're actors or something. Like I can I, most tricks I can kind of figure out. Like oh, it's a camera trick. He would walk up to people and be like, oh, can I see your phone or whatever? And he'd take uh-huh. their phone and he had a big thing of balloons in his hand and he would take the phone and wrap it in the balloons and uh-huh. let it go. Oh, God. And then you'd be like, don't worry, I backed it up to the cloud. Oh. Uh, right? Uh-huh. And they're like, no, dude, you just, I need my phone. And he'd be like, no, it's okay, I backed it up to the cloud. And they'd be like, what? And they'd start to get mad and he'd be like, no, I backed it up. And he turns around and he's got it, the phone duct taped to his back. Ah. Uh, what? How did he do that? What? Yeah. Like, I, the only thing I can think of is there's like a cutaway and those are actors. Like, that's all I can think of. And that's like, that's a dark thing to think. Like, oh, he's yeah. wowing me, but really. The it's magic just, is gone from there's your There's no life. magic. There's no magic at all. It's just like, and cut here, and you pretend to be surprised. In a way, editing is the ultimate magic yeah, trick. Yeah, really. Huh. Yeah, that's a good one. That sounds really interesting. But it's like, it's like magic with like a, there's no like, Aren't I weird? Yeah, there's no... He's just really... And he, he's on late night shows a lot, and he's really, like... He's very charming and fun, and it's like, what a nice magician personality to have oh. rather than, like, freaking David Blaine. Yeah, just, like, really intense. and it's, I, it's the masculine thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody check that out. Everybody check out Toxic Mac- Masculinity coming to a theater. Yeah. <laughs> Toxic Masculinity, the Eric McCormick roast show. <laughs> Um, no, it's okay. He has none of that because he's not. A download person. it where you can he's download podcasts from. Yes, um, and you can find us on Twitter at. Well, no, don't find us on Twitter. 
That's we don't good. we don't tweet. Just find us here sometimes. Yeah. Um. And our theme song is Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum by, by Tally Hall. The, On the album Tally Hall. Good by day. Mar- good day. I got that all wrong. <laughs> good Tally good by Hall. <laughs> good day. I by said Tally good Hall. day. <laughs> I said good day. We nailed it, guys. Okay, and we'll see we you in it. two weeks because we're rigorously on schedule. I am not exhausted at all. My brain's no, high, functioning at a high level. Yeah, we're we're in the meme. We're the bottom. We're the brain that's exploding, and there's math everywhere. Mm-hmm. What's your thing that you say? Don't poop your pants, dude. Bye. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Okay. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And we're the co-hosts of Scream 101. Which is? Your premier podcast for horror movie reviews. Tell e- me more. Every month, we watch four horror movies based around a certain theme. Like vampires, aquatic horror, 70s proto slashers, just different genres. Okay. I'm a huge horror nerd. He is. Sergio is not so much. Everything you tell me goes in one ear and out the other. But he's a very nice young man, and he's willing to come along this journey with me. And we can give you our two different perspectives and hopefully a couple laughs along the way. That's the dream or the plan. Come with us on this journey of joy. (laughs) On this never-ending tale. On this season of Scream 101. Find us on podpeople.me.